wins out of two for Wales so far and it's England next for the Triple Crown. Wales flying in the Six Nations. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Later in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast we'll hear about the amazing sacrifices made by midwife and Wales Rugby International Jane Knight. But of course we start with the Wales team on the back of victory in Scotland. Two from two in this year's Six Nations. And as attack coach Stephen Jones revealed, the likes of Johnny Williams, Jonathan Davis and Josh Navidi getting back to full fitness as well. Everything's positive from that aspect. We're all taking part in some sort of training and uh, the great thing for us is that come next week we'll have a healthy squad available to us, which is what we want. And just George North, obviously he didn't play last weekend. How's he looking with his foot? Again, good progress being made. Every day he's improving and he's taking uh, part in some sort of training uh, already, which is great. You mentioned a lot of those are centres, Stephen. You were struggling last week. You could have up to six centres available. Um, big selection headache for you and Wayne? That's fantastic, isn't it? That's what we want. Obviously, we went up to uh, Merrifield last week on the back of a six-day turnaround. The game against Ireland was very, very physical. Obviously, we picked up some bumps and bruises in the midfield, but obviously with Nick and Owen... Doing such a great job and Willis coming on as well. And now these guys returning to uh, full health. We've got a good uh, pool of players to choose from and that's what we want. Even though you took off the half-backs, experienced half-backs quite early last week, it was a decision that was vindicated, Kieran Hardy and Callum Sheedy. How much of a decision have you got to make then in terms of switching them and maybe starting and replacements? How do you look at that as a 23? We're in a good position. You know, We use the Autumn Series to give opportunity to a lot of young guys and new players and you know, that's what was our whole aim to develop strength and depth. And, um, you know, I was delighted with the experience those boys gained in the Autumn Series and obviously how they've hit the ground running with us uh, in this campaign. And obviously they had game time on the weekend and they did particularly well when they came on. And, and the key is they look comfortable with how we want to replay, which is a testament to them. I mean, on the flip side, you've got players, you know about the situation, it's an old situation, but you've got players... Going back to England six days after, you've got Lewis Rees, Samet and Tulupi Falatau playing against each other. You could have four more tomorrow. How do you cope with that as a coaching squad when you haven't got access to those players? And those two players were obviously started for you last week. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, it's difficult when they go back to uh, England to play. It's as simple as that because obviously we lose access to them from a training perspective as well. On the players you just mentioned, the positive is that that game is on a Friday as opposed to a Sunday. So uh, those players will get over their bumps and bruises a, a bit quicker or have more time to recover, I should say, from our perspective. In terms of Lewis Rees-Zamet, after his performances last week, a lot of hype. How would you sort of temper that and does he do that himself? Well, yeah, he, he does that himself. He's fully aware that he's got a huge amount to work on in his game, you know, especially both sides of the ball to work hard on. He's got lots of focus points, but the key for me is we all know he's got talent, but he's putting in the hard work and that's how you make the big uh, gains. So uh, he's a good person to work with, but he understands he's got a lot to work on. You're playing for a triple crown now, Stephen, after two good wins. England are coming here. What have you made of them so far and uh, how nice would it be to have an early piece of silverware? Yeah, obviously we respect England and uh, rightly so. Obviously the Six Nations champions, they were successful in the Autumn Series. Huge amount of experience in, in their side. But from our perspective, we really are looking forward to the game. We know it's going to be a physical challenge, but you know, we're back in the, in the Millennium Stadium. You know, we're two from two, we've got momentum and uh, there's a huge amount of excitement here. You've had the ride on the roller coaster as a player. How's it been as a coach? Because it's been very up and down with a, with a good up. Obviously, when you come into the job, obviously it's very fortunate the experience of the World Cup and then you know, we came into last year's Six Nations, just sort of cut short, we didn't finish that competition. Obviously, we didn't have the tour 
So we didn't have access to the players for a long, long time. The autumn series, we made it clear what our aim was, which was uh, to develop and learn about a lot of the players. And obviously, with that goes a bit, a bit of the results, but it was for the bigger picture. And you know, so far this tournament, you know, two from two, and we got good momentum, which is exactly what we want. A remarkable turning pressure into points record up in Scotland. Something like two and a half minutes attacking in their 22 for four tries. Does that show signs that the pattern that you had at the Scarlets, you talked about trying to bring into Wales, is that beginning to come through, do you think? No, I, I, I think it'd be different, if I'm honest. I think, first of all, the boys were ruthless on the weekend and the opportunities that they created and how they converted them, they were very, very good. The key for us is that when we play and attack with the ball, that we've seen sort of patches, but we want to see more of it. Speed of ball, how we shape defences, you know, that is our focus point. We just want to do that for longer periods. That is our goal. You know, it's a good challenge to have, but everybody understands the way we want to play. And yes, we do want to be ruthless, but ultimately we want to create more as well. That's always going to be the goal. Have you seen signs in England, maybe a slight weakening of their defence? I've got a huge amount of respect for England for what they've achieved, whether it be in last year's Six Nations or the autumn campaign. You know, for the players that got there, for their mindset in D, their repeatability in D. So I respect them in that aspect of the game. And you know, from our attacking perspective, it's a great challenge for us, and you know, one we're going to really look forward to. A lot has been made of England being underwhelming and their attack not functioning that well. And Neddy Jones said that Owen Farrell's been under under par. What do you make of that? Not too much, if I'm honest, uh, because I know what a great player he is. Obviously, uh, whether he plays at 10 or 12, I suppose that's the interesting options that they have. But we've got enough to concentrate from our aspect, if I'm honest, Will. Yes, including that battle for places in the Wales team. Owen Watkin did his chances of staying in midfield no harm at all with a match-saving tackle at the end of the Scotland game and wing Duan van der Merve, which helped give the whole squad a boost. Yeah, my first sort of game in this, this campaign was... So really exciting then to go up to Edinburgh and get a win out there. It's not an easy place to go and sometimes you win by scoring loads of tries and other times you do it sort of uh, grinding out and showing your character and I think we've done that on the weekend. Must have been pretty pleased with that last-ditch tackle though. i obviously happy to do my bit to help, help the team out and get the W but um, fill up the videos that most of the team that was on the field at the time were chasing back and I was just a fortunate one to be sort of closer to the winger. So yeah, just pleased with that as well. Only a week ago, we were talking about the lack of depth at centre and we've now got, as Stephen mentioned, a few boys coming back. How hungry are you to keep your spot? From a personal point of view, I obviously want to start against England, but there's about six of us now, I think, if, if Foxy's back in the in the mix. Um, it's plenty of competition, which is obviously great for us, great for the squad and great for the country. So we're all doing our bit to obviously put a hand up to, to be selected, but obviously doing what we can for the team as well then. And how do you reflect where you are as a squad and as a set of backs? So some people are saying Wales are lucky with two red cards, but do you think that's a bit unfair given the tries you've scored? Um, I think you've scored some great tries. Obviously, it does help having playing as 40 men, but you can sort of only play with the cards that's dealt in front of you. And we've got a lot to work on, but it's a pretty good place to be in, winning two of your first games and a lot to work on. So I think we're in the best place we can be. I think we've got a lot more to offer than we have so far, which is really exciting we're winning still haven't sort of put our best foot forward yet. And Six Nations is all about momentum. So be it against 14 men or, or whatever, the fact that you've got those two wins, you're going for a triple crown, that must just change the mood in the camp beyond belief. Yeah, obviously, um, starting off campaign with two wins, can we ask much more than that? We don't really care how we do it. We just want to win and that's the sort of competition for us. We win five games, we win the Grand Slam. So 
doesn't matter how we do it, how fast we do it, it's just all about getting the W's at the end of the day. And up against England next, what have you made looking at them in their first two games this season? Yeah, obviously they had that sort of first loss, but they don't come a bad team overnight. I mean, they're the current champions. You know, every time you play against England, it's going to be a test match, and you know they're going to be physical, they're going to be quick. Do you mean they're going to sort of put put their best side out, and they're going to be a good side? You've obviously got to prepare for that, but um, I think we've got a squad here that can beat them, and that's sort of our focus now for the next week or two. Injuries in the centre position now. Stephen was telling us about Johnny Williams back, Jonathan Davis back, George North back in training. Does that change the dynamic at all for you as the person who started the last game? No, not at all. Obviously, um, to injury, they got, got to start the last game. But having six of us fit, it's obviously a tough choice for coaches on who they're going to pick and obviously on performance and how they're training. And it's so good for the team to have six centres who are playing quite well and obviously fit. So I don't think we can ask for much more than that, really. And it's obviously still pretty early in your career, but where does that tackle rank as, as a moment for you? Probably don't realise how much of a big moment it was, but obviously I was a lot of praise for it, which is obviously pleasing. But I think the boys done the hard work in the 80 minutes before that. That was just one moment in the game. I think we had numerous moments in the game, like uh, Louis try. Do you mean that's that's unbelievable? So yeah, it's just like I said, one moment, and I think everyone had sort of their moment throughout the 80 minutes. But one of your best moments in rugby field, do you feel? Yeah, it's definitely probably going to be one I remember for a long time to do that. But can't remember much from it. I was I was a bit tired at the time, like about the breath. Obviously, we're talking about life on the pitch. What's life off the pitch at the moment with these COVID times? Because I know normally you'd have a day off and go and see friends and family. How are you all coping with everything? Yeah, obviously, it's difficult not being able to go home and see your family and obviously your friends because of the sort of current situation. But we had to do a job, you know, everyone's in the same boat. And like, obviously, people with kids and stuff is a lot more difficult for them. But we're all in the same boat, players and staff. So we got to sort of um, come together, sort of help each other what we can and just make the most of it. I mean, we're here to do a job and win win the Grand Slam at the end of the day. So whatever sacrifice we have to make to do that, we will sort of thing. Keeping yourselves amused because it is difficult. We're all really bored at home. But has the WRU done anything a bit different to try and uh, keep your minds fresh and, I guess, not get bored? Yeah, obviously you've got sort of dart board, the pool table. Yeah, and it's, it is quite nice to be around the boys all the time. You're constantly having a laugh and socialising, which, which does help. If Obviously, if you're locked in a room, it will be a bit tough. But So we've got the freedom in the hotel together to socialise which does help and it's quite a happy environment to be in and really enjoyable Who's best at darts? Anyone going to rival in Price? I know Adam Beard's pretty decent at darts he's got a long reach he's, uh, but um, a few of the boys get competitive on the ping pong table as well You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union Podcast much more looking forward to the England game next week of course but now a chance to hear from one of the Wales women players scrum half Jade Knight who told Liz Jones about the amazing sacrifices she's had to make in the last year. Jade a lot of change for you at the moment could you talk through the last few years and then qualifying as a midwife and then obviously you've returned back to Wales now so things are looking a bit different for you from a work family and rugby perspective. So it's changed drastically over the last couple of years. So I managed to talk my way into King's College London to study as a midwife. I was very fortunate to play in the Six Nations 2018, got my first cap. And then it all went really, really quiet, kept my head down, worked really hard. And um, I was very fortunate to get a place to work as a midwife in Imperial. And 
up until that point, I thought I had it all figured out. Got the juggling between being a mother, rugby, midwifery. And when I got the job as a part-time midwife, I thought, finally, I can really get some focus into my rugby. And that's when coronavirus hit. And that took another little swing in the, in the mix. So it was at that point that I adapted again, as you do. And my son went up to my in-laws for 12 weeks, which was really, really, really tough, you know, not being with your son. We're so, so close as well. And sometimes having FaceTime, he was crying. But I just felt like that was the right thing for us at that point. I was still quite newly qualified, so I had that worry of getting my midwifery grounding down, plus adapting this coronavirus. And I just felt like the patients really needed someone that was calm and could support them through that, especially if they didn't have their partners or if they were anxious. So that was last year. And I really hoped after the first lockdown that would be the end of it, but it's just come back again. So we're just trying to adapt again. So I've just taken a little break away, taking some time to reflect on the last year and trying to make the most of homeschooling with my son, which I take my hat off to all the teachers out there and hopefully get some rugby in before I go back into the world of midwifery soon. You've completed your time um, as a midwife at the moment in, in London and looking for the next challenge, as it were, on that front. London for me is very Marmite. I love it some days, hate it other days. So I always knew it was going to be a short-term measure. Going to London, getting the chance to study at King's College London, which was number two in the world, and then Imperial, which is world phenomenally known as well. So I had to take that opportunity to work alongside some of the best consultants and fantastic midwives who have been amazing team players and taught me so much but I always knew there was going to be a short-term measure it was always going to be a one or two year work there so then I can bring it back to where I live and hopefully doing a bit in Welsh as well. Obviously family is important to you and Emerus's education he's back now in school in Wales obviously when things get back to normal. Yeah family means everything to me like when you walk off a pitch or had a tough shift you always put it back in perspective like the most important thing to me is my little family but second to that is my culture. So being Welsh in London, we made sure he went to the London Welsh School. And coming home now, you know, being next to the beach, to the, like near the forest that we live in, and speaking that Camrag is just lovely. And then obviously from a rugby perspective, things are looking up back in the, in the Wales training squad and looking forward to getting the dates for the rescheduled Six Nations. Hopefully you'll be in that final squad and things looking up with the new coaching team too. Oh, you know, the new coaching team is so fresh. It's really inspirational time right now. It's nice to go into an environment where you feel like you can really push yourself and not be afraid of making those mistakes so it takes you to that extra level. I am absolutely thrilled to be back in the squad, to come back to Wales and now be back in to get this opportunity, especially during this pandemic. I'm very, very lucky. So let's see what happens. I'm not going to, you know, we're all having to adapt in the situation. There's far bigger things than this right now. I'm just going to keep my head down, work hard and see what comes. Obviously, at the moment, uh, you know, you're able to train alongside homeschooling and be able to throw yourself into Wales training as well. So what are your ambitions in terms of the Six Nations and beyond as big year ahead? Do you know, I've grown out of having these ambitions because for me, that brings in like a mental health roller coaster. So I've gone into living for the moment. I know this sounds a bit cliche, but I just want to borrow that jersey one more time and just take the opportunities that come my way. You're still commuting in terms of Saracens. There's a pause at the moment as the Allianz 15s, but you aim to remain there for the time being? You know, I've been so lucky at Saracens. It's an amazing club to be at, to play along with some of the players. The staff are incredible as well, so, so much support. And it's got a unique culture that's definitely to help me develop my rugby, so I'm going to stay there for as long as I can.
obviously our board member, Lisa Burgess, she had a big role to play at, at Saracens too. Has, has she played any part in your career? Lisa, I absolutely love her. She actually taught me how to play sevens in the front row. She also gave me the opportunity last year in crochets and she's been a massive role model for me. So it was, funny enough, I was actually a mascot for a game that she played in against England and that's when I got off the pitch and I was like, I'm going to play for Wales. My family thought it was crazy, but yeah, I told her that last year and she was laughing. Obviously family being important for you and you've got a long line of internationals in your family. Do you want to just highlight some of those? Uh, yeah, OK, so we'll start with Mark Taylor. So most people would know him for scoring the first try in what was called the Millennium Stadium, which is another Principality Stadium. Quite cool having him in the house, isn't it? And then obviously his son, Cheo Phillips-Taylor, has got an under-18s Wales cap as well. So there's a couple of us in the house, gets quite competitive. Mark's your uncle? Yeah. So okay. Mark Taylor's my uncle. He can still do a better handoff than me. Yeah, so it's quite nice having that rugby chat in the house. It's really useful when you come back with some video footage, you want some feedback. And my cousin's quite handy as well, actually. So we did some rugby training together when lockdown eased off a bit. It's quite handy. And Emma's uh, keen to follow in the footsteps as well. Well, I'd love him to start to follow the footsteps, but at the moment he's more into singing and guitar, so who knows? Great, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Quite a story, and best of luck to Jade. England previews next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.